confidence is key, baby gorgeous. Everardo, I want you to go out there and I want you to hit the streets like, you know what I'm going to do? Slay. And I'm not fucking saying jingle bells, jingle bells, ride your fucking sleigh Santa Claus. I'm saying you're going to slay some puss. Welcome to Cheer Up Bed, the podcast, guys. <laughs> this is going to be fun. One. This is going to be cool. Look, we're here to have fun. We're here to have a good time. This is your new favorite shit. This is your new favorite. Remember, don't be a bummer, okay? Let's do this. Look, babe, one thing you're going to learn about this podcast is is we, we don't do the ad reads. All right, we don't do we don't do the ad reads in the fashion that the company wants us to do the ad reads because I like to only do I like to only tell you about things that I actually use, but I also want to speak from the heart. I don't want to tell you the ins and outs of the jot, mumbo jumbo whatever. Big time partner of the pod, Chill Wellness. Chill Wellness started with a dad whose daughter at 18 months was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. It, the pain was so bad that it got to the point that she couldn't even stand anymore. As a dad, heartstrings ripping apart. I'm investing in a story I want to know more. Along with the arthritis came medications, which then came with huge side effects. And at what point do you try to fix one problem while causing other problems? So he got together with a group of scientists and doctors and developed what's called Aspen Sab. It's made with Arnica, Boswellia, medical grade magnesium, full spectrum CBD, and the results were amazing. So much so that he wanted to help other people with this problem. This is the only CBD company that partnered with the Arthritis Foundation because that's the origin of their story. That's where their heart lies. Now, like I said, I don't tell you about things that I don't use. I use every single product that they make because it can be used in different fashions than just a salve to help with sore muscles, back pain, shoulder pain, anything like that. They have the sports stick. They have the CBD drink mix now. Everything is so high quality and works so well. As a guy who literally trains people as a profession. I can't tell people about it enough. I use it every single day. I use it when I'm sore from the gym. I use it when I'm stressed out, when I'm having an anxious day, just whenever, and it calms my CNS. It also calms my muscles, and I love every piece of it. So if you want to try it out, go to Chill Wellness. That's C-H-I-L, one L, chillwellness.com. And I like to save you guys money, so at checkout, if you use the promo code VJJulio15, you're going to get 15% off your entire cart no matter what. That's vjgiulio one five as the promo code at checkout. You get 15% off your entire order. If you tried CBD companies in the past and they haven't worked for you, it's not because CBD doesn't work. It's because that company didn't care enough. Go check it out. Hello, everybody. This is Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast. I'm your host, VJ Julio, and this is episode six. What's up, Cubs? We've got a lot of new listeners in, and I love it. I love seeing those numbers click, click, click up. I hope you stick around. I hope you enjoy yourself because we're here to have a fucking good time and nothing else. We're here to have some fun. We're here to fucking party. We're not talking about anything stupid like Mr. Potato Head bullshit turning into fucking Potato Head. Dude, I got a message, right? I got a message from an old friend that was like, Hey, I saw your fucking TikToks on some big social media uh, person that like shows her ass and thongs a lot. And I was like, that's dope. That's dope. I don't understand where the content relatability goes to because I'm not wearing thongs, but I appreciate that. That's cool. Even though I turned my Instagram on fucking private because TikTok people are sketchy. Dude, I don't even know what the fuck this app is. Like it's fucking wild. And she was like, well, it promotes authenticity. And you've always just been you, like for better or worse, you've always been authentic. And I was like, first of all, nicest thing anyone said to me in a really long time. Wow, super big compliment. But it also re-geared me to remember like, hey, stay in your lane. Dude, I had a full conversation that I was going to talk to you guys about, about the Mr. Potato Head thing. Why? Don't give a shit. Doesn't matter. I don't give a shit, and you know who especially doesn't give a shit? You. And I know that, because you're listening to this podcast. If you wanted to fucking give a shit about it, you'd listen to some fucking BuzzFeed podcast. I don't even know if they have one. Guaranteed they do, because everybody and their mother has a podcast. Shoutouts to myself. But I was going to talk about the fucking Mr. Potato Head thing. Why? Why? I'm going to talk about a marketing move from a toy company. 
because it's trended on Twitter for a day? Dude, I could give less of a shit. I care more about if my neighbor's dog had a good day. Does that make sense? Like, and I don't even really can care about that. And I care about the fucking potato head scandal less. So why would I talk about it on my fucking podcast? Not going to talk about it. I was also going to talk about talk about Kim and Kanye getting a divorce. You want to know the extent of my knowledge about the Kim and Kanye getting a divorce? Hey, Kim and Kanye got divorced. <laughs> who, fucking, who fucking cares? Here, here was my reaction when I when I saw that. <laughs> Shocker. Anyways, you mean the girl that got super famous by the porn video, and then she turned it into like a multi-billion-dollar business for herself, and then the guy who ran for president, who has serious mental issues, couldn't work it out. <laughs> You mean the rapper that thinks that he's a god and does DJing at in church on Sunday? And the woman that's more plastic than human didn't make the cut? What? The wild. Wild. What's the, hold on. Let me check my pulse. Am I alive? Because, oh my God, I'm in so much shock right now. Dude, we got to remember that this pop culture bullshit doesn't even matter. I will tell you one good benefit of hearing the stupidest stories like this. The fact that these things are trending means that coronavirus is fading. Maybe we're almost out of this shit. Maybe we're almost out of the woods because the top story for the last year has been COVID-19. And now it's Mr. Potato Head doesn't have a dick anymore. Did he ever have a dick? No, but he had Mr. in front of his name. I wish that they would have back in the day, but when they were going to make the toy, would have evened out. Like, with a Mrs. Potato Head or something. Maybe that... Oh, they did? Fucking whatever. It's just a marketing move. But we stay authentic. And this podcast is my baby. And you guys are the Cubs. And you're here to hear some fucking funny stories. So here's a fucking funny story. The first time I ever fucking hung out with my wife. Okay? I was rolling to a party with my boys. Wow. That was the douchiest... Let's just separate that let's just separate that last fucking line that i just said i was rolling to a party with my you're 28 don't say that you're 28 years old don't ever say rolling to a party with my boys if you're not 21 and have and just took a beer bong you know what i mean just fix yourself i attended a gathering with a bunch of other fellow college alcoholics on the wrestling team, and we were there to fucking throw it down. Now, I had seen this girl. I was like, she's 5'3", and blonde, and she looks like a fucking firecracker, and I'm finna get it. Did I get it? No, of course I didn't. I had to work my ass off for months before she would even go out on a date with me, but regardless, we were attending the same party. We rolled into this party, and her roommate was with her, and her roommate was a bit much. She walked in, and didn't say hi and said, where's the alcohol? And here's the thing. We were pre-gaming. Okay. We had beer. And she's like, I want, what the fuck is the shitty one? Tito's. I wanted Tito's. Hey, okay. Go ask the homeless guy at the end of the block to share his Tito's because it's $4. Also, not here for you. Here for your roommate, big time. And if she wants Tito's, I'll go get her Tito's. But you can go take a seat on the couch. Rude. But I'm playing the game where it's like, I'm going to talk to her a little bit. And then I'm, she can just do her own thing at the party. And then I'm going to revisit her in a little bit. And like, I just kind of keep bouncing in and out, right? Like, you don't want to be that... Word of advice, if you're trying to court a girl, it's not 1964. Don't say fucking court a girl. If you're trying to get a girl to like you, because I wasn't even trying to smash. I just, well, I mean, let's be real. I 100% was trying to smash, but not just smashing, not just smashing gas. I was trying to fucking stick around, right? If you're trying to do that, stay out of her face, okay? Like, even if she's in a conversation with a guy and she's laughing and she's touching his arm and stuff and he's got a boner and you're watching that from across the party and don't worry about it. 
just swoop in if there's ever a fucking divide between those two and act super fucking nonchalant and chill and then just continue to hound her for six months until she goes out on a date with you advice king they call me they call me the advice king and i'm here to give you little niblets you're welcome for bettering your lives so I'm doing that whole game, right? I'm bouncing in and out. And then we're like, yo, we're going to roll to this party that's at a warehouse for some fucking reason. Because nothing bad ever happens at those. We walk in. The first person we see is a guy that her and I, for the rest of our lives, here we are, almost nine years later, still refer, refer to him as frat boy. Was he in a frat? No. But this night, he was wearing a white sweatband on his head. That says enough. Right when we walked in, he turned all aggressively and swatted my drink onto her. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, wow, did you knock him out? No, but I did take his varsity spot on the wrestling team later. And the coach wouldn't let me compete against him anymore because he was fucking head case and I beat his ass all the time. So I won in the end. But he was also belligerent drunk and my teammate. So I couldn't just fucking drop him on sight. So she did that. Her and the Tito's roommate went off to fucking get a new shirt or something. And I just started bouncing around the party doing some fun shit. You know, let's take a shot over here. Let's get in an argue with, argument with my friend over here. An hour later, I link back up. You having fun? Yeah, it's all right. You know, cool. Leave again. And then I go outside to take a piss, right? Oh, sorry. I, I did forget to mention uh, from the pregame to the warehouse, we gave the girls a ride, right? We were all in one car. So I went outside to pee, and uh, there's like a big, probably eight-foot-tall chain-link fence that I'm peeing in front of. And as I'm peeing, some random person just came out and was like, cops. Now, I don't, I don't feel a sense of necessity towards this girl, a.k.a. my now wife and mother of my children, child, so instead of running in to grab her, I just jumped over the fence and ran home. And that was it. I also didn't communicate with her again for a few days. And you might be thinking, you didn't call to see if she was okay? Nope. <laughs> and I think that's why it eventually led to me fucking having to work for six months because she was like, oh, this guy fucking sucks. And let me tell you one thing. She was right. Because through this entirety of me trying to like date her and get her onto the my fucking side was when I went through the realization that, oh, I'm a boy and she's a badass. And if I want a girl like this, I'm gonna have to grow the fuck up a little bit. So granted, it all worked out in the end. We're all fine now. I mean, got the ring on my finger, champion, okay? But the very fucking first night that she ever hung out with me, I jumped a fence and ran away from her and left her to, for the cops. Yeah, I mean, it didn't start off strong, you know? And then it continued to stay not strong until eventually. Dude, I asked her to date me over and over and over. Like, th here's the deal. Three separate times. I was like, because listen, your boy can cook. All right. So three separate times I was like, I'll make you dinner if you want to come over. Like, we'll watch the movies. I'll make you dinner. Like, we'll just fucking chill out. Here's the deal. I'm a broke fucking college guy. I'm not taking you out. I don't have money. All right. But what I do have is a wealth of knowledge on how to make a bomb ass meal for $12 in my house. I didn't say that. So why don't you roll on over? Okay. I'll spend the next four hours cleaning up after my disaster roommates who spent the majority of their time getting shit housed and high as shit and then just eating everything in my apartment. That's the majority of the time of my roommates. And so the fucking apartment was just a disaster. So I would spend four hours cleaning the apartment, not exaggerating. And then I would spend the next hour cooking dinner in preparation for her to show up hey sit down let's have let's let's have a drink let's have some food like I just want to I just wanted to get to know her because what I knew of her was her friend like Tito's do you know what I mean I I knew that her Facebook profile picture was fine as fuck we were from the same area in Idaho and that her roommate liked Tito's 
and I wanted to know more. Like, I don't know her middle name. So I kept trying to get her to hang out. There was just something, there was just something with her. All right. And four times we were texting. I'll, I'll tell you how I got her number in a second. But four times we were texting. We had the plan. She's coming over that night. I do the prep. And then 10 minutes after she's supposed to show up, she just gives me one of the, hey, I got busy with homework. Okay. I just did a wave with my hand by the mic because that's some bullshit. You feel me? Like I'm dancing right now because ow, my entire soul and ego hurts, which is good because she was smart. She was playing that hard game, hard to play game, which turns a, oh, we're going to date for a few months into I'm going to make you my motherfucking wife because... That kind of, I don't stand for the bullshit of men energy is what I want. And I didn't know I wanted it until I met you. And then I met you. And now that's what I fucking want. And that's when I stay wanting. Four times, dude. How I eventually got her to actually spend time with me is I showed up to her dorm room. Okay. I walked into the dorm. I said, what's up to the fucking people at the head desk? I said, I'm just heading over to Jordan's room. And then I walked down the wrong hallway because I had never been there before. And I walked back and I was like, what fucking room is Jordan in? By the way, horrible security for the fucking dorms. Okay, you could just find anybody because I walked up to the front desk and I was like, I was like, I, I've been here before. And I just played super polite and super nice. I was like, I've been here before. I don't, I can't remember what room she's in. And they were like, oh, that one right over there. And I was like, perfect. Thanks. Thank God I'm not a serial killer, you moron. But granted, we're the same age. I'm stupid. You're stupid. It all makes sense. I went to her dorm room. I had a workout outfit in a bag and a card in the other bag, in the other hand. And I walked in and I, and I knocked and she opened the door and I was like, what's up? This is for you. Reached across. She was like, okay. I was like, it's a workout outfit. This is a three-month pass to the peak gym. I want you to come to the gym with me because I already knew she liked to work out. She was just an, she was an athlete. She was just like a girl that she's out there trying to keep that motherfucking body for the fuck boys, a.k.a. what's up, who you're listening to right now, right? And she was like, uh, okay. I was like, so you and I are going to go to the gym. So get dressed. Let's go to the gym. And then we did that. For the next, I don't know, couple months. Still no, still no dinner dates. Still none of that shit. And then eventually that led into her being cool hanging out with me. And then eventually that led to, I just fucking, listen, life is about persistence. You gotta get, you gotta fucking stick, keep with your nose to the grindstone. All right. It's about dedication. The very first time I ever saw her though, was such like a, like moment in my life because I think about it all the time. Now, I went to college to wrestle. I said that when I was in college where people were like, hey, what's your major? I wrestle. And they were like, no, but like, what are you doing for school? I don't know. Whatever keeps the GPA up high enough that I can keep competing. And that obviously was a really, really bad idea. But this whole, like, I don't need a degree to do. I don't need a degree to do what I want to do when we get out of here. I just want to continue to compete. So that's what, that's what I was going to college for. So like, Going to the library, now, now, I'm not saying that's good. You shouldn't do that. Hey, go to college for an education. I had a free one because of the wrestling, and I just didn't care. If you have that opportunity, dude, take advantage of it. There's nothing wrong with fucking getting a good education and applying yourself, all right? That's exactly what you should do, but I wanted to compete, so... So the whole concept of like, I'm going to, I have to wake up at 5am to go to morning practice, but I'm going to go spend my night doing homework. I just didn't do that, but I had a paper due, right? So I went down to the sub, the student union building, and I was sitting there and this girl comes in and she's in a tank top and workout shorts, just got done working out, hair in a ponytail. Like literally, I'm pretty sure holding a backpack and a water bottle. Like it was like classic, like 90s rom-com bullshit where it's like, hi, I'm Claire. Only her name was Jordan. And she and I was typing away and I'm at this big round table by myself. And she walked up to me. She was like, 
Hey, are you VJ Julio? I hadn't even looked up from my computer yet, right? I'm, I'm writing some super duper important paper about how why white people are the devil or something like that. And she was like, are you VJ Julio? And I looked up and uh, if I wasn't sitting down, I would have passed out. Like it was a, it was a universal moment of, oh, this is something. Because I looked up and I don't know if you can tell by the fact that I have my own podcast where I sit here and I can just talk. I'm an extrovert. I enjoy conversation. I enjoy speaking. I couldn't say a word. And I and I went, uh, yeah. And she was like, oh, super bubbly personality immediately. Another huge green light for me. Pulled a chair, sat down and she's like, I'm Jordan. I'm from Soda Springs, which is like 45 minutes away from my hometown. So like small world shit. Her and I had never met before. It's crazy. Our high schools competed against each other. Like super cool. And she's like, oh, I'm from Soda Springs. And I was like, oh, cool. And she was like, yeah, I, uh, we, our high schools competed against each other. And she's a year younger than me. So I got like my singlet retired and like hung up in our big commons area of my uh, old high school in the Hall of Fame. Right. So like there's like a plaque thing and it's like with the, my singlet and stuff and my picture. And she was like, I saw I've seen like your singlet like hung up up there and stuff like she's like, that's awesome. I was like a couple. And she's like a couple of my friends said that you wrestled here. And I was like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's me. That's me. Uh, and she's like, yeah. So how, how do you like, uh, how do you like the school? <laughs> yeah, dude, I couldn't fucking speak. This girl lit me up. My immediate thought was, hey, you're too pretty to just come up you're too hot to be acting like this what are you a good person or something get the fuck out of here what are you doing so you got to imagine in my mind my mind is there my words aren't my brain is screaming hey say something you fucking idiot say something why don't you say something hey she just said something you should say something and I'm pretty sure she was in the middle of a sentence and I, I wasn't even listening to what she was saying because all I was doing was screaming, say something in my brain. And I said, hey, listen, give me your phone. And she was like, what? And I was like, give me your phone. And she was like, uh, pulls her phone out of her backpack and like hands it to me. Meanwhile, her eyebrows are almost touching because she's furrowing her brow so much because guess what? all the fucking red flag signals are going off in her brain like oh this guy's mentally not there (laughs) because the only thing i've said so far is yeah uh uh-huh and give me your phone so scary and so she nervously slides the phone over to me and i took it opened her contacts put in my phone number put my name slid the phone back to her and like with my hand on her phone was like I want you to text or call me later I can do better than this and she was like what and I was like I can do better than what I'm doing right now text or call me later I and I and I took my hand off of her phone and rotated back to my computer and I'm not kidding you did not look away from my computer again so (laughs) she was I, it was one of those things where I was like, I need to end this situation before I do too much damage. And I had already done, as you just heard, plenty of fucking damage. Sure shit, three days later, she sent me a text. And then, you know, a good seven months of work later, we went on our first date. So it all works out. It all works out. Listen, life's about persistence, babe. And <laughs> the fact the fact that I scored that girl is mind-boggling to me because she could have gotten anybody and she stuck with the guy she's a real one because she went with personality (laughs) and I couldn't be fucking happier because 
Our lives are awesome. Like we have been through so fucking much and it we just keep we're like the a uh, fucking baby stock that that just keeps ticking up that fucking stock market making everybody money. You know what I mean? It's just been a constant incline and it's just god. I mean, here we are, almost 9 years later. It's awesome. Speaking of almost not I'm I'm not kidding you. I had to call her this week because I registered for this thing online. It's like an online competition thing where you like part of it is like your age bracket thing. And when I was all finished, like paid for it, like registered and everything, it like pulls up the hey, successful thing. Uh, and then it like gives you like stats that you had put in and it's like name, weight, age. And it said 28. And I was like, well, the fucking app's broken because I'm 27 and I've been 27 since my birthday in November. Turns out not 27, 28 years old since November. I've been saying I was 27. So much so that that MGK song that goes, and if I must go and die at 27 I blare it because I'm like I'm 27 you know I'm 27 so this song hits home doesn't hit home hit home last year I'm 28 and I had to call her and I went am I 28 she was like are are you because I've corrected her multiple times since November like when we're out on a fucking group date And she goes, well, he's 27 or some shit like that. Don't know why my age would come up, but it has. And I went, or he's 28. And I would go, I'm 27. And she's like, kind of looks at me, but she also doesn't want to have a stupid argument in front of the couple that we're at and just put a weird, awkward tension on the party. So she just goes, oh, okay. And then that fucked her brain up to where she was like, maybe he is 27 because he's saying it so surely and confidently. And I was wrong. I'm 28. And that fucking sucks. Because that means I'm almost 30. Which means I might as well be 40. Which means let's just retire. I'm 28? I hate it. I hated the number. I hated that day. I hate talking about it right now. But since... But like it was weird. Like that day hit and I was like, oh my god. Like I... It's almost like I had a midlife crisis moment, like a come to Jesus moment, like you're 28. And I like, I have a note in my phone of what, uh, of like some bucket list item things that like I've wanted to do it, dude, I'm 28. Like I'm a fucking, I'm still young as shit, but also it freaked me out. Cause I was like, time is a time. Time is a construct. Time's bullshit. I might as well be 50, which means all of my time is over. And so I like read my bucket list shit. And I was like, I got to start hammering these bad boys out. <laughs> and it reminded me in one of the semesters for school, I was like, I was like two credits short uh, during registration for like being, cause you have to be enrolled as a full-time student. If you're going to get your scholarship money and you're going to compete, like it's just, that's, that's the game. You have to have at least 14 credits. I think it is or 12. I can't really remember. Obviously wasn't paying attention anyways. And I was too short. So I just signed up for some bullshit class and it was an acting class. Now, dude, this bullshit, listen, I was a jock. Okay, I was a jock and also a prick, but I was a jock also in high school. Like the theater thing was just never, never in my shit, right? Like I didn't, I didn't really like talk with those people. Like we weren't like, obviously different strokes for different strokes, different strokes for different, different strokes for different folks. Not a tongue twister. Why are you struggling? But I just didn't. That just wasn't my thing, dude. I was an athlete. Sports. That's it. Sports, sports, sports. Yay, go sports. And, but I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's take this acting class. Like, whatever. I could probably just breeze through this. And I was the only, every single person's fucking waist was the size of my neck or the size of four of me. Does that make sense? That's not a body shaming thing. It's a fact. Every single person was either 90 pounds soaking wet or four of me. I want you to picture in your head a group of 25 theater nerds. I want you to picture that in your head. Yep. 
That's exactly what they look like. Okay. And I'm there with my fucking wrestling t-shirt on. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Every single class started with vocal exercises to warm up our throats. I thought it was a joke when I saw that kind of shit on TV. When they're like, unique New York. Unique New York. Right? I thought that was fake. But turns out, if you want to get a couple credits for an acting class, you got to do it every time you come to class. And, oh, and also, don't forget... Circle up because we're going to do the vocal exercises together. We're also going to do some arms. I'm not fucking exaggerating. We're going to do some arm circles. We're going to give ourselves hugs and sway back and forth. (laughs) We're going to play pass the potato or whatever the fuck it was where you try to like make a sentence in the circle like by using one word where like I'll be like I and then a girl will be like only and then the next person will be like eat and then the girl you know who she is goes everything and we go sentence and it's (laughs) and I'm like this is the nerdy fucking dorkiest shit I've ever been a part like this is insane and then there's like it's a it's a beginner level class. Like obviously my first fucking class ever. It's a beginner level, but all of these motherfuckers went to theater camps for summer. Like not only were they in school plays, they were going to theater camps and shit. Their acting chops were, you know, whatever. But the actual acting you had to do is you had to memorize monologues and then act them in front of the class. Like we had one monologue that was supposed to be passionate, another one that was supposed to be aggressive one that was supposed to be the polar opposite of your personality in real life another one that involved um a prop or props and then you had one like at the end of the semester that was like with a partner and so i'm doing fucking monologues and shit and i'm pretty sure the monologue i picked was one of them was like uh i'm a businessman in new york uh who hates his wife like i'm pretty sure that was one of the monologues and Um, another monologue involved like a workout thing where I wore an actual wrestling singlet to the monologue. Like it's the dorkiest, nerdiest shit. And let me tell you a secret. I loved every fucking minute. (laughs) I, I had zero exposure to any of this shit. And the way that these people were just fucking weird, I was like, this is the best. This is awesome. You guys are fucking rad because if any of my teammates saw me doing this, I would have a full-blown meltdown. That one fucking acting class broke me so far away from my ego that it literally changed who I was as a person. It made me a better human being because I would circle up with a group of fucking nerds who I loved and would go, right? It fucking blew my mind. And I was so obsessed with them. I was obsessed with all of them. And like when, and I'm like sitting, cause we would do our monologues in the fucking like auditorium thing, not the auditorium, the fucking thing with the stage and the fucking seats. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like sitting front row watching these monologues, soaking in every moment, making notes of like, oh, that was a good facial expression. Like I fucking loved it, dude. These people, they were I was like, I've never hung out with weird people like you and you're the best fucking people. Like you're so fucking, you're so fucking rad because literally you don't give a shit. It was so endearing because I had had like a shell, like a slight shell, right? Like I had broken out of my shell a little bit since high school. I was like a ball of insecurity in high school that had like the tough guy facade just fucking wrapped all around me. You know, where it's like, I'm an athlete, I'm strong, I could beat you up if I needed to. Like, that was, like, my whole thing. I mean, I still had, like, my personality and stuff. Like, I was still a fucking goof, but it was never, like, 
fully open and then I like came out of my shell a little bit when I like got out of the hometown situation but I still had like the athlete shell around now I could give a fuck dude I'm just me now and it's because I fucking took a random two credit course acting class with these fucking dorks and lump me into that fucking group I was a fucking dork all semester it was a fucking party I went balls in and I loved it and that so much so that I was like, dude, part of my bucket list is I'm going to fucking act in a fucking play one day. Like I'm going to go to some fucking local theater group. I'm going to fucking nerd the fuck out for f- four months and I'm going to fucking be in a play. That's on my bucket list because I experienced full scale the other side. I experienced full scale what it's like to be a popular fucking athlete. And it ain't all it's cracked up to be. Everyone's most everyone's fucking fake on that side anyways. I'd rather be with people that just want to fucking be themselves, whether they're an athlete or they're a fucking dork, be a fucking dork, be a fucking athlete. But if that's who you are, I'm down to fucking kick it with you because that's rad. So if you, you know, if you fucking know of any plays coming up that want your boy in it, hit me up, babe. <laughs> God, I love this fucking podcast. I will say I, I had kind of a, a profound thought this last week. Like just like kind of going throughout my week and I I was kind of thinking about how over like people, let's just be honest, are are a little overly sensitive about things these days. We know that like it it, it used to be like, hey, you can't please everyone. Now now you can can't please anyone because it's like people are trying to find that point where nobody's offended. But that's impossible. Everyone is going to be offended by something. And it, but the oversensitivity is kind of playing the lead role. Even if you aren't offended, you feel like you need to defend those that might be offended on behalf of them. Like it's become a whole different thing. It's like this, everyone feels like they need to say something on behalf of someone else rather than just kind of holding true to yourself and speaking your own shit. You know what I mean? And my thought was... The difference, the transition that we're seeing with people and groups is it used to be actions speak louder than words. Like, like, let's just take let's just take a little pinpoint of that and think about jokes and like a sense of humor, racy humor that 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 can be a little bit gives you that like, oh, shit. But you laugh, you know, because, you know, it's a joke, you know, it's funny. Let's just take that pinpoint and say a, a person loves that kind of humor, right? But on the side, they're also like, I don't know, an advocate for animal abuse. You know what I mean? Like they, they, I guess that wasn't worded well, an advocate for animal abuse, an advocate against animal abuse, right? They're out there, they're in the streets, they're grinding, they're saving animals left and right, getting them into good homes and shit like that, right? But then they make like a bad joke. Not even a bad joke, just like a joke that might offend a few people. Don't say anything. It might offend someone. It's because our we've transitioned from the actions speak louder than words concept. Words speak louder than actions now because that's why that's why this whole virtue signaling thing has become so popularized. It's because people are getting now getting their attention based off of what they say, not what they do. Which is why you're seeing so many different situations of like. Like people in the limelight or whatever you want to say, like celebrities, politicians, whatever the fuck you want to say, that gain popularity based off of their, you know, their articles and their interviews and shit like that, where it's like, oh my gosh, did you hear what he thinks about babies? He loves babies. He's such a, I don't fucking know. And, but then you find out, oh, but also he has a dog fighting ring in the basement. Like it's this words speak louder than actions idea is creating more and more fake people. It just is. And I feel like it's creating a bubble of our society that's just going to eventually explode. Because let me tell you something. Words are fleeting. Words mean nothing. If all you do is sit around and boast about what's right and what's wrong, but you don't actually have quality actions in your life, like if you're just fucking sitting, if you're just sitting at your fucking house and, you know, if you're a shitty parent or you're a shitty husband or wife, whatever the fuck, but you are a social justice warrior on fucking Instagram or fucking TikTok or Facebook or whatever the fuck, and you're 
trying to fix everything going on in social media and shit like that, but you aren't taking care of your own fucking backyard. You're bullshit. You're fake. The biggest thing that my dad would fucking teach me when I was a kid was like when I would want to tell a story about another person from school or some shit that's like negative or something that made me jealous or something like that, he would always just say, take care of your own backyard. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm six. You mow the lawn. I don't mow the lawn. What the fuck? But obviously we know what the fucking concept is. Like, hey, the world will stay the world. I'm not saying don't try to fight for change and certain injustices and stuff like that, but just know the world will keep operating whether you're happy or not. So you need to cultivate your own life and make sure that all your fucking ducks are in a row for yourself if you're going to try to change other people's opinions or views or actions. Because if you really step, if you break it the fuck down and you are not in a happy home, It doesn't matter how much change you invoke. It doesn't matter what fucking minds you change. It doesn't matter what person you get in an argument with on social media. Because because when you're surrounded by your pack, your family, if that has turmoil, you're fucked. You're never gonna you're never gonna feel fulfilled. You gotta start from the fucking bottom. And the bottom is yourself, and then the next step up is your family, and then the next step up is your group of friends. Make sure everything is fucking structured. And do it through the type of person that you are, through your actions, the love that you give people, the attention that you give people, the attention that you give things. If you're giving more attention to people that don't give a fuck who you are, then you're broken and you got to get that shit in order. I don't know what the fuck just sent me on this rant. I didn't even have this wrote down in my notes. I just kind of fucking went off on a little tangent. But the the thing is, is Papa Bear's got to drop some fucking truth on you, cub. All right. It was just something that I was thinking about today where... Cause, cause I, I, I read, uh, like some nasty, like comments shit where like people were like arguing. And then I thought about that for like 30 minutes and it got kind of like twisted me up. And then that sent me on this thought where it was just like, wh- why, why would it even affect me? Like those people are those people. Those people don't matter. Those people aren't going, those people aren't going to change the fact that when I get off work, I'm going home and I get a fucking kiss my wife and pick my baby girl up. And if they're happy, I'm as happy as I could possibly be. Like, I, I wish more people would return back to that, would return back to just taking care of their own backyard. So don't worry about all the voices. Worry about one, the one in your fucking head. Fix that shit and cheer up, babe. I mean, not the concept of the podcast, but if I fucking help anybody out, just remind you to fucking stay stoked with your own life and make that be your happiness fucking scale, maybe you'll have a little bit better time. Like, if if this last year has taught us anything, it's that if we want to be happy, we got to fucking keep it at home. Now, I put a video out on TikTok. I'll tell you one thing. Next week, I'm not going to say the fucking word TikTok one time. Swear, swear, swear to God. I'm not saying the word TikTok once, but... Right now, I put a fucking video up about the podcast. I was like, hey, I have this segment on my podcast called Unqualified Dad Advice, where if you want to be on it, drop a comment. I might pick a few fucking comments and answer them on the podcast. And I haven't even read like any of the comments. We're going to kind of just randomly pick a few and then we'll randomly pick a few next week and then we'll randomly pick a few the week after that. You know what I mean? So if I just open this bad boy up right out of the gate, I mean... First one, (laughs) the people that have this fucking shit and don't have their profile name like up cracks me up. Like that's one thing. Like you can just create a profile and then TikTok will assign you a number. And this one is username 336699. But I'm just going to answer this real fast. This isn't a unqualified dad advice piece. But here's a question. This is them. Here's a question. What told you about your wife that she is the one? What told you she is going to be perfect for you? Nothing, nothing specifically. It started as the emotion, you know, it started as the energy. Like we all have that, we all have that spark moment. I mean, geez, I talked about it at the beginning of this podcast. It was just, uh, it was just a crash, right? But the thing is, is I took that and I saw where it went. I was like, I'm going to put energy into this and we're going to see where it goes. Because if I could say anything about the concept of love, 
Love isn't a feeling. Love isn't an emotion. Feelings fade. Emotions ebb and flow. Love is a verb. Love is, love is an action verb. Love is something that you do every single day. You give it. It is an action. You got to put your energy into it. It's not, it's not an emotion. So when it comes to my wife, the more action I put towards her, the more was reciprocated until we grew this bond and we made the decision that, oh no, we're in this together now. Like, as long as you keep reciprocating that energy, I'm in it. I'm here with you. And that's how it's been. Like that hasn't, that hasn't changed. Like I make sure that she knows that she's the most important thing in my life. And she gives that shit right back. Like we know we're in it together. And like the ultimate thing with her is she was always on board with the concept of when we grow, we grow together because we were all oh, dude, we're such different people that we, we were than when we got together, but we always made the conscious effort to communicate and grow together you know you hear about the people that break up and it's like i just got to work on myself for a little while and our whole thing was no 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 if you need to work on yourself we're gonna work on yourself and we're also gonna work on me because we're gonna grow together because we've committed to that the idea of being about the idea of being without you doesn't make sense in comparison to the idea of not being with you and she matched that so i i guess if i was going to give you an answer on like what if you're looking for that it's when someone matches you when someone matches that energy because there's oh dude you see it all the fuck time people people just be dating you you see like the girls that are like the the I can fix him girls that date the fucking assholes it's like that's all one-sided they're just not going to work out in the end you can't keep putting energy into something that's not reciprocated but so you got to filter through the you got to filter through the garbage, you know what I mean? Because there will be someone that matches the action that you give them. Think of it like think of it like starting a business. Like when you if you start something, you're going to have to put work in and work in and work in and work in until it becomes a flowing machine. And then once it's that flowing machine, you got to make sure that those gears stay greased. I'm all over the place with my fucking analogies, but I <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it, but eventually it becomes this thing that where my wife and I are right now, like no matter what gets thrown at us, our foundation is us. So whatever gets thrown at us, we can always lean on the fact that I've got you, you've got me. So when you run into a person that can equally reciprocate that with you, that's when you know, dude. And when that energy isn't getting matched, don't take it personally. See what's going on. You The lines of communication have constantly have to be open and they can't be met with any sort of aggression or resentment or anything like that. If you can openly listen to each other's problems, you're going to be able to fix anything. Because as human beings, the main thing we all, the main thing we all want to be is heard. And when you can honestly listen to someone and then both come to a conclusion together, that's going to create a bond and then that's going to make you their person. Ooh, okay. This one's kind of long-winded, but I'm going to give you a shot because you put a lot damn you put a lot of time into writing these up. Chelsea Norris, 85. Girl, I'm, I haven't read these yet, but we're going to see where it goes. We're going to see where it lands. Chelsea Norris, 85. Do you agree or disagree that children should have a level of autonomy, as in not hugging people, especially family, with who they are uncomfortable with, or for that matter, have a choice in how they want to dress, wear their hair, engage in physical contact with extended family members, and what they eat? Because I have a nine-year-old daughter who has always had a voice about what she wants. Permission she's comfortable with her own being. And my husband was raised very differently. He didn't pick out his own haircut till he was 16. His mother chose everything for him. So I get criticism for being too lax and being a bad authority figure and parent for treating my child like an autonomous human being instead of treating my daughter like she's my property and control every aspect of her life. I'd really like to hear her thoughts. So I'm going to... I'm going to reword that because it, that was the comments were all over the fucking place. I just skip around there. Do I agree or disagree that children should have a level of autonomy? And this is coming from a person who has a conflict within the marriage itself in terms of the of autonomy, where obviously the husband was raised in a very controlling household and you 
were raised with a little more lax household, but you believe that because your daughter voices her own voice, that she should be able to maintain that. Now, what I would say in terms of physical contact, that children have a better read on that than we really understand. So if your daughter's not into hugging and cuddling and snuggling, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And it's not a respecting your elders sort of thing. That's a personal preference sort of thing. Some people aren't touchy-feely. That's just how it goes. On that, I say she should be able to control 100% of that aspect, no doubt. The only thing that I would say about this, the only thing that you have to make sure to flag is the respect portion. If it becomes disrespectful, the way that she speaks, responds, treats other human beings, if it becomes disrespectful and snappy, argumentative, that needs to get corrected. And I would say that the way that you correct that initially, the way you try to correct that initially is to make her think about the way she's portraying it. So you say she snaps, says something disrespectful. Hey, the way you're coming off is rude and no one likes rude people. Now, if she is is being a little brat about something, then I mean, yeah, like the, the corporal punishment of like, yeah, you're grounded, you're going in your room, like shit like that. I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for that kind of stuff. But like, but if she has a certain level of autonomy, cultivate that, you know, cultivate that in a way that is going to teach her ways to present herself respectfully, because no one is going to have a problem with a nine year old girl who knows how to speak her mind, who knows what she wants if it doesn't come off bratty. And I mean, the best way you can do that is by doing it yourself. The way you communicate with people is how she's going to communicate with people because she's going to gravitate towards you because you give her that freedom to be herself, right? So how you talk about people when you're at the dinner table, how you talk about people with her, like in the car, stuff like that, is going to have a huge influence on how she's going to respond to certain people and respond to certain things. So just make sure that it's grounded in a certain level of respect and you're not actually, um, there's not any attitude. You'll be great. You, I mean, she's nine. You have like so much time to cultivate that in her. But I want to say that you don't need to work on her so much. Um, you need to come to a common ground with hubs because if she's getting two separate messages constantly, there's no way to cultivate anything because if what hubby is saying is contradicting you, that devalues it. And then if what you're saying is contradicting hubby, that devalues it, which where does that leave us in a valueless parenting household where She's going to hit her teen years running towards resentment. You and hubby need to work on it. You guys need to come to a common ground. And the common ground needs to be something that you're both on board with. So go out. Go on a date night where the sole purpose is going to be, where are you in terms of how we should raise our daughter? And make sure that you have your position, you know, ready to go. It can't, And make sure that, like social constructs and society and shit doesn't have any weight to it it needs to be who you fundamentally are as a mother and who he fundamentally is as a dad it can't be like well other people are going to think this fuck dude that doesn't matter okay there's got to be a reason that you believe that your child deserves the certain level of autonomy in certain different aspects of her life and also be open to truly understanding your husband's position of there needs to be certain levels of control because I'll tell you one thing for children there does need to be a hierarchy there needs to be a that is my mom that is my dad they make the rules and but what the rules are is going to depend on what you and your husband come together with because going back to the contradiction point if you're contradicting each other that's going to end up being no rules so don't worry about her so much She's going to learn everything she needs to learn by watching you two. Sounds like she's already a really strong individual and has a good sense for what she wants, which is a, is, is a rare thing to find in human beings these days. She's going to learn everything that she needs to learn based off of what you two are doing. Remember, actions speak louder than words, right? Not the other way around. So work with each other, on each other. That would be my piece of advice. First off, buddy, if I say this fucking name wrong, I'm so sorry. Just never seen it. Everardo Villagrano. 
Now, I know you're probably like, wow, he's white. And yeah, fucking 100%, bud. But you want me, okay, you want me to put a little fucking twang on it? You got it. Everardo Virgarano. Yeah, the sexiest shit, wasn't it? That was hot. <laughs> Listen, Everardo, I didn't mean to make you hard or wet. I don't know if that's a boy name or a girl name. Everardo. I'm going to go with a boy name because it ends with an O. But your question is, any advice on where to meet new girls when you're under 21? Fucking anywhere? Like, if you're in college, the fucking streets, baby. You're, I mean, it's fucking, once, if if you're not in a place on fucking lockdown right now, just go outside. The bottom line about meeting girls, the bottom line about meeting girls, and I'm not talking about my experience with my wife, I'm talking about prior experience where it actually went well and easy. Um, you just got to be confident. Don't be the nervous guy. Don't be, don't be too much. Don't be too much, dude. The best thing you can be is yourself. Just be fucking comfortable. If you're comfortable, regardless of how fucking dorky you are or whatever, I'm not saying you're dorky. I'm just saying like worst case scenario, you're a fucking dork, but you think you're a dork. If you own that shit, you can, you can get most you can get most girls that you're going to want, okay? Confidence is key, baby gorgeous. Everardo, I want you to go out there and I want you to hit the streets like, you know what I'm going to do? Slay. And I'm not fucking saying jingle bells, jingle bells, ride your fucking slay Santa Claus. I'm saying you're going to slay some pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, dude, I don't fucking... First thing, hey, change your name. No, <laughs> I'm just. If you're under 21, dude, it's a fucking pool. Like, and here's the thing: if you're under 21, I'm just gonna go with you're over 18, but you're under 21, just so I don't catch a case for giving advice to the wrong person. You just gotta fucking go through every experience you can, every fucking experience, bro. Have shitty experiences. And then laugh them off, move on to the fucking next one. The more experiences that you have, the better it's going to fucking be. Dude, you're under 21. Every girl is an option. It's called experience. And I'm not saying to go on a fuck fest, I guess. (laughs) But hey, if that's your thing, that's your thing. You know what I mean? And if that's not your thing, that doesn't have to be your thing, babe. Don't fuck them, but just go say hi. All you got to do. You know how, dude, we live in an age where everything is so fucking slight in my DMs culture, right? We live in an age where dating apps are the fucking thing. You know how much you would fucking knock a girl on her ass if you were in a fucking gas station and you were like, hi, your eyes are really pretty. And here's here's another thing, bro. I'm going to give you the best piece of advice that I could give. Be effeminate. Now you might be like, what the fuck? Like feminine, like a girl, kinda, kinda, dude. Don't be a bro about it. If you want to immediately take down a girl that's out of your league's wall, compliment her on some shit that a girl would compliment her on. I'm saying like, you see a girl at fucking Target, right? By the way, there's one fucking piece of advice. Where do I meet girls? If you want to meet girls, you go to Target. You go to fucking Hobby Lobby. You go to a fucking place where they serve brunch and just go by yourself. Roll with the boys. I don't fucking care. I'm 28 years old. I got to stop saying the boys. Ew. Compliment them on some shit that you know they put energy into. Like their hair. Like if their hair looks good, be like, hey, your hair looks fantastic. Like for example, Jordan and I were out shopping and uh, shit, dude, I want to say it's like fucking Ross dress for less shit we were shopping at. The lady... At the fucking checkout stands, like 50 something, she had just got her nails done. Like just got her nails done. And I'm like, you know, I'm 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 a bigger dude, like I'm broad, you know, I look like a fucking meathead, I look like a dipshit. And I legitimately and confidently, I wasn't hitting on her, but it's just something that I love to do because it takes fucking it it takes people so off guard. It it paints you in a good light in their eyes, right? And it's like, I love that shade of blue that your nails are. And she fucking was like, oh my God, thanks. Because guess what? They care about that shit. Like they did their nails because they wanted their nails to look good. So when you compliment them on that, 
it paints you in such a good fucking light. And that's all meeting girls is, dude. Make yourself look decent. And eventually it'll turn into where I'm fucking at, where you genuinely appreciate that shit. First things first, if you is this the first if this is the first episode you're listening to, babe, I'm the gayest straight guy you're ever gonna meet. I'll compliment a dude on his fucking jacket. I don't give a shit, bro. You're killing that fucking jacket. I've gone up to a dude who like is posted doing the I'm too tough for the universe thing and be like, damn, bro, that's a tight jacket. Like, where did you where did you get that jacket? I want to cop that jacket. Go to Target. Go to Target. Now, Target, I'm just saying, you might score a cougar. Lucky you. Zachary Hole 3, what would a world populated by clones of you be like? Well, tell you what, um, one generation, because don't have a vagina or ovaries. So if the world was entirely populated with clones like me, first of all, that's the last population. Everyone dies because I can't make babies with myself. Now, if the entire world was populated with me, I'll tell you one thing. No one loves me more than me. So there'd be fucking. (laughs) But after we all get old and die out, that's it. That's all she wrote. Mary's little lamb 87. Not really a question, but a guy dumped me the day before Valentine's and I just need a motivational boost before I see him in the gym next. Listen. Mary, I'm going to call you... Fuck, dude. I'm just going to say Mary's Little Lamb 87 because I don't know your name. Mary's Little Lamb 87 with periods. You got dumped on Valentine's Day by a cheap fuck who uh, didn't want to buy you presents for Valentine's Day. Listen, babe. When you get dumped on a holiday like that, even though that holiday literally means nothing, right? It, It means nothing. But it's significant enough for people in a relationship to know that... Well, I mean, this is just one of those days you don't do that, right? So when you get dumped by a pile of trash on a day like that, the only signal that should go off in your head is, oh, fuck, thank God. Jesus, I had all these emotions and attachments to this guy, but turns out he's actually just a pile of shit. And let me tell you another thing. Breaking up hurts, okay? Because it's a bond, you're literally having to like, chip off of your soul so to speak we start i mean it it goes back to like how how i was talking about cultivating that relationship right like you put energy and time into it right and when that gets snapped prematurely in your eyes that hurts because it feels like a loss the experience you gain from that relationship is something that you'll never lose it's kind of that concept of uh no good more no no great marriage ended in divorce You know what I mean? No great relationship ended in a breakup. So when you break up, you're saving yourself time. You're saving yourself energy. You get to turn around and give that energy to yourself. If you're worried about seeing him in the future, guess what? In that comment, you said, when I see him in the gym next, sounds like you're already a girl who likes working on herself. He's already going to be envying it. You know what I mean? Let me tell you what goes on in the guy's fucking brain, okay? Men romanticize bullshit, okay? It's why, you, it's why the concept of men cheating is such a thing, and so many men do cheat. It's because men get the idea in their head that what's on the other side is grander. And then men fuck up and lose what they had, and then they regret it. Women, the initial breakup hurts worse. They immediately regret all the time they had put in with the guy when they get dumped, whereas the man feels the man feels free. Oh, I don't have this restraint of of a relationship, you fucking pussy. But then men eventually realize, oh, this shit ain't so great out here. And then they feel regretful later. Whereas by that point, the girl is like, gotcha ching, two middle fingers, lick my clit, bitch, you know? So the only thing you got to worry about from this breakup is how you frame it in your own mind. No good relationship ended in a breakup because you weren't getting that energy reciprocated. Obviously, you care. I mean, you left a comment, so it, it hurt, right? And you're nervous about seeing him again. When you see him again, no, his face should be a reflection of relief because you're no longer having to waste your time and energy on that person because they weren't willing to reciprocate it and they didn't want to put that time and energy into you. You get to move on. You get to go find something better. You get to go find your person. It's all a good thing. So don't worry about seeing his ass in the gym. 
turn towards a mirror and focus on what fucking matters. All right. But that's all. That's it for the unqualified dad advice. So let's just do quick brief rundown. You have a daughter who's autonomous and you have a husband that has conflicting ideas. Don't focus on the daughter. You got to fix the foundation first. Work on the hubby. Okay. You want to meet girls if you're under 21, you're going to go to Target. You're going to go to Hobby Lobby. You're going to compliment them on their shit. Be a confident, sexy fucking motherfucker. And you're going to engage them in actual conversation. Don't slide into DMs, bro. That's for bitches. You got a man that dumped you on fucking Valentine's Day that you're nervous about seeing in the gym. Good. It's good that he dumped you. You get to be, you get to go find a better fucking thing. And and when you're in that gym, you turn to that mirror and you look at what fucking matters. And you work on that shit right there. Because he's the one that missed out. And how did I know my wife was the one? I didn't. It was a spark that we fucking cultivated together and we grew into something awesome. This was the most emotional episode. Not emotional. The fir- the most emotional is the first fucking episode where I talked about the birth. That's mainly for friends and family where I cried. Remember how I cried? I cried. I cried on episode one of my fucking podcast. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm going to release this. I <laughs> Hey, Vijay, does this fall in line with what the fucking podcast is? Listen, this podcast is not going to stay in a lane. This podcast is me. And I know that in doing that, it's going to fucking ebb and flow in terms of listener base and shit like that. Some people are going to be like, I just don't fucking like this guy. And I'm going to be like, yeah. And I'm going to be the girl that got dumped on Valentine's Day. Like, I want better listeners anyways. Why don't you go lick a taint? And because we're building a fucking cub community all right we're building a cub community cheer up babe the podcast cub cubs do i have t-shirts no because i don't have fucking funding for t-shirts yet but i'll get them i'll get them because i want one for me and if you guys want one i'll fucking make one for you i don't give a shit but this was like definitely this definitely wasn't like a silly billy willy time we just fucking went into a little bit of growing as human beings this week and if you're a new listener, I hope I hope I hope this is something that you stick around with. I hope you enjoy this. Shit. If 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 we have more episodes like this, maybe we can all actually grow as human beings and be good people. Because that's all we fucking really want at the end of the day, right? Stay in your own backyard and cheer up, babe.